Good evening and welcome back to this week, the end of the end of the beginning series. And throughout this series, we've been talking about the, the final days of Jesus' life on earth before his resurrection. Just everything that he went through, the betrayal that he felt, not just from Judas, which was the obvious betrayal, but the betrayal he felt from the disciples who couldn't even stay awake. The betrayal he felt from people all along the path that he was dying for, and yet they continued to make fun of him. Uh, continued to mock him, continued to call for his death, how he felt unheard, how he felt just like they weren't even paying attention to, to anything about him. They already had their decision made up when the high council made up, when the high council uh, held him before them. And, and just how disappointing that had to be. Because as I said then, and as I'll say now, the high council, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, for all that we know about them, they should have been the ones on the front lines with him. The religious leaders should have been the ones like, this is our Messiah, let's go and help people. And yet they were so afraid of losing power, so angry at not, being, at not feeling good enough or whatever they were thinking, that, that they just wouldn't even listen. And we talked about his rejection by the very people he was dying for when they called for Barabbas first and, and how Pilate tried to play both sides and, and yet how he was sentenced to death Despite everyone along the way being like, yeah, he's innocent, but he's got to die anyway. And just the, the ordeal of, of having skin ripped off of his bones, just having the blood everywhere as he's being whipped and whipped and whipped and whipped before the cross. And so this week we're going to talk about that disrespect, that, that, that feeling that, that just of everyone being against him while he's dying for them and how insane that is. And I know that this is, again, something that we've talked about so often. And, and even at your age, you've heard this for however many years, 15, 16, 17 years each year, because it's such an important story. It's, it's the heritage of our faith. But there's so much more than, than just that moment. It's everything he went through before that. It's that moment is obviously powerful where he died, but, but everything leading up to that, how he faced it with such grace and such dignity, despite everyone trying to strip that from him. So I want to go to Luke chapter 23, verses 26 through 48. As they led Jesus away, a man named Simon, who was from Cyrene, happened to be coming in from the countryside. The soldiers seized him and put the cross on him and made him carry it behind Jesus. A large crowd trailed behind, including many grief-stricken women. But Jesus turned and said to them, Daughters of Jerusalem, don't weep for me, but weep for yourselves and for your children. Through the days are coming when they will say, Fortunate indeed are the women who are childless, the wombs that have, been born, that have not born a child, and the breasts that have never nursed. People will beg the mountains, fall on us, and plead with the hills. Bury us, for if these things are done when the tree is green, what will happen when it is dry? So just this... This passage shows us so much, just right away, before we even to the cross. To begin with, there was no mercy when the soldiers were like, hey, you know, Simon, carry this cross. And it's Simon from Cyrene, it's not Simon Peter, it's not a Simon that we, we know. But they're not like, oh, we feel so bad for him, we want him to have a little bit of an ease of the burden. They didn't care about that. Uh, whether it was their idea, or, or Pilate's idea, or Herod's idea, or the high priest's idea, whoever idea it was, if Jesus carries the cross, and you know, he's been beaten almost to death already, and he carries it, and he falls, the, the feeling of the people around starts to be sympathetic, because he starts to, they're like, whoa, you know, he's, he's not done anything, and yeah, it was, it was all fun and games when, when we were just yelling things, but he, 
he looks really hurt. And just, it's ridiculous that you're like, well, they just saw him be beaten almost to death. How could they be, worry about that? But that's how people think sometimes. And, and so they're like, let's take this out of the equation and let him walk. And, and also just for him to know what is coming. Even though he is God. And he, this was his plan. And I've said this each week. This is his plan. This was supposed to happen. And his sacrifice is meant to happen. And it's important. And it's powerful. And it's on his terms. It still hurt. Not just physically. But it still hurt. And, and I know that he didn't want to feel the nails through his hands. But just I would imagine that what hurt him the most. As he's walking is these people. Are going to be yelling things at me. These people that I'm dying for. These people that I love. They just don't get it. And he's not thinking like oh what was me. He's thinking what was them. As he says to these women. Uh, I think most of us if we were in a lot of pain. There's a saying hurt people hurt people. Uh, if you have a really bad headache. Or, or you... Uh, something has gone wrong with your day or, or just something bad has happened like Gonzaga continues to win and they're not even a real undefeated team like 76 IU, something like that. And you just have this really bad day just as a hypothetical example. And you have this really bad day and your temper is short or you didn't get enough sleep and somebody comes up to you and let's say they say something that is only partially annoying or not even annoying but it's just something you don't want to hear. A lot of times you snap at them. You're like, Get out of here. You're so stupid. I'm so sick of you. And you know, we yell like that. Uh, and it's wrong, but we all kind of do that because hurt people hurt people. And if you're hurting, often that flows down. It trickles down to where you're hurting other people who hurt other people who hurt other people who hurt other people, which is one of the reasons it's so important to treat others like you'd want to be treated. And that's what Jesus shows us here. Because every single step of the way, he practiced what he preached. He did exactly what he called us to do. He didn't just stand there and say, hey, I want you guys to be good people. I want you guys to love everybody. I want you guys to, to, to really treat others well. And then go around and have people wait on him hand and foot. Or, or go around and yell at people. He didn't do that. Everything he said, he also lived. Which is just who he is. And so, when he turns to these women who are weeping, he's not yelling at them. He's not saying, I'm so sick of you guys. Although most of us probably would, especially at this point where we're so hurt physically and emotionally. He's like, guys, I get that this is sad. And I get that you are feeling emotional for me, but you got to weep for yourselves because think about this. And he said this earlier too. Think about this. If they will put me to death for doing nothing wrong, what are they going to do to you now? And if things are going so badly now, Imagine when I'm not standing there and just he's saying that again, not a woe is me and not a I can't believe you. But as a like, guys, you have to get in gear. You have to understand what is happening here and why it is happening. It's for you. And even as he's going towards his final moments, he's teaching. He never changed who he was, not once, never changed who he was, not in his best moment, not in his worst moment. He was always the savior. He was always merciful. He was always loving. He was always true. And he showed us how to do that. And this little paragraph is just so amazing to me because I cannot imagine walking towards my death. I, I cannot imagine knowing that I'm about to die, not in a week, not in a couple days, but in like a couple minutes that I'm about to die. And I'm hurt and I'm, I'm beaten and, and I'm insulted and all of these things. I cannot imagine that feeling. But even beyond that, I cannot imagine taking that opportunity to still teach, to, to, to still love someone, to still reach out for someone. And that's what he does. And that shows us what is so important about this story, what is so important about his life, what is so important about our lives. 
Because we are not in this for us. That doesn't mean don't have good things. It doesn't mean don't get good grades, get good grades, have good things, good. It doesn't mean don't enjoy things. It doesn't mean don't have a family. It doesn't mean any of that. It means that we are here to follow his example. And those things will come. But the centerpiece is following his example and treating people exactly like this. With grace, with truth, with honesty, with honor, with love, with respect. Going on to the next part. Uh, Two others, both criminals, were led out to be executed with him. When they came to a place called the skull, they nailed him to the cross. And the criminals were also crucified, one on his right and one on his left. Jesus said, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they are doing. And the soldiers gambled for his clothes by throwing dice. Uh, The crowd watched and the leaders scoffed. He saved others, they said. Let him save himself. He is really God's Messiah, the chosen one. The soldiers mocked him too by offering him a drink of sour wine. They called out to him, if you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. A sign was fastened above him with these words, this is the king of the Jews. So most people that got crucified, and it was kind of going out of style by then, but most people that got crucified, they were tied to the cross because the death doesn't come from the blood loss. The death doesn't come from from the pain. It, It comes from suffocation because when your hands are out like this, and we've all seen pictures, images of Jesus on the cross, when your hands are out like this and, and you're hanging there, in order to breathe, you have to kind of pull yourself up. And so when you're nailed, like he was, every time you pull yourself up, eventually you're going to drop back down, especially when you're feeling so weak physically, and that rips a little bit. And each time, it's like drowning. I don't know if you've ever been in the ocean or you've ever been in water where Hopefully you haven't drowned or you wouldn't be listening, but I don't know if you've ever been in a situation where uh, it's kind of scary because water keeps pouring over you or the wave hits you and like you lose your breath for a second, something like that. That's kind of what it's like, except adding pain and everything. And so when he was nailed to the cross, it hurt. It hurt really bad. And yet that wasn't even the most painful thing that was about to happen. It was probably, even more so than the beating, even more so than than everything else that had happened to him, probably the most painful physical thing that had ever happened to him or anyone at that point. And yet, and this is the point to all of this, while he's hanging there suffocating, while he's hanging there bleeding, while he's hanging there feeling his skin rip, he says not, woe is me, not, if only people had listened, not, hey, you guys... You're not good enough, and you're not doing it right, and you're really going to pay. Not, hey, you know, you should have done better, or you should have voted the right way, or you should have a better job, or you should do this, you should do that, because I'm right, I'm right, I'm right. He said, Father, forgive them, because they don't know what they're doing. And he didn't say it in a mocking way, he said it in a truly loving, honest, honorable way. Think about your very worst moment, whatever it is. Your very worst moment. And I'm not talking just where uh, your team lost, although that can hurt. I'm not talking just where, you know, you had a bad day. I'm talking your worst moment, whether it's physical or emotional, where you've lost someone or you've lost something, you've broken something, you've been hurt in physical, emotional, some way that's just horrible. Just your very worst day. And think about what is going through your mind. Because I I know for me, it's often when I've had moments like that, when I've had my worst times, when I've had my worst emotional or physical pain, it's not even negative to other people. It's like, oh, this hurts. It's very much like, I wish this were over. I wish I felt better. I wish that this didn't hurt so much. I wish that I could 
get better. I wish something else, like it's stuff like that. People are still suffering around me, maybe not in my vicinity. And, and if I'm praying in that time, and I usually am, I'm praying for my healing, for relief, for something. Jesus, who's going through a worse physical and emotional pain than anyone ever, is praying for the people that are killing him. Think about that. Think about the political arguments that you've had. Think about the arguments period that you've had where you've been so, so arrogantly right. Whether it's with your parents or your friends, whether it's with parents, whether it's with your kids or your friends or your employees or people on Facebook or whatever, where you've been so right. And whether you were or not, that doesn't matter, but you've acted so right. Think about how you've treated people in those moments. And then think about Jesus on the cross dying. And how he actually was right. And was living in such a way that he's like, this is pain beyond understanding. But God, be with them. How often do we do that? We always pray for other people, I believe that. But how often, in the midst of our suffering, in the midst of our hurt, in the midst of our losses, how often do we care more about other people and their interests, their lives, than we do our own. How often would we say, Father, forgive them? Or would we be like, hey, they don't deserve this. This is the moment, almost more than anything else, that shows us what our faith is supposed to be. This is how we should live our lives. This is what our life should be about. This moment where we are hurting, where we are losing, where we are just hurt where everybody's against us and yet we say father forgive them doesn't mean don't, it doesn't mean let people walk all over you it doesn't mean never talk about the truth it doesn't mean don't witness it doesn't mean any of that it means how we live matters so much and who you are when you're hurting who you are when you're losing who you are when you're at the bottom that's who you are uh, I've had a talk with a friend recently and we were just talking and things went on in their life and, and just different things and one of the things I said because I am annoyingly advice-given sometimes, uh, I, I said something along the lines of, character is not how we treat the people we like, it's how we treat the people we don't like. These people hated Jesus. The soldiers didn't even believe in him. And the people that either did believe him or didn't like him, they're yelling things at him. And he's being mocked. And he's dying, literally dying. Father, forgive them. Father, forgive them. It's such an amazing thing to pray on behalf of other people who don't even believe necessarily, who don't even care. They wouldn't help him. They wouldn't offer him any water. They were cheering his death. Father, forgive them. Think about that. Carry that. If you carry anything from this series, if you carry anything from this message, if you carry anything from this time of year, carry that. Who we are. Not just when we're winning, not just when things are awesome, not just when we're on top. But who we are always should be like this. And just for the crowd to say, while he, like right after he says forgive them, for the crowd to say, yeah, save yourself. You're so awesome, save yourself. Oh yeah, you're so right, why don't you just teach the class? Or oh yeah, you're so right, why don't you just go do this? Or why don't you make more money? Or why don't you do whatever? 
Whatever we say when we're mad, whatever we say when we're annoyed, whatever we say when people are against us, whatever we say when we disagree with people. That's what these people are saying. And yet Jesus is saying, forgive them. That's a hard thing to see and it's a hard thing to feel and it's a hard thing to do. But he's with us. We are not alone. He's with us. His love is with us. We are not alone. And because he went through this, we know that he fully understands what it's like. And this isn't to diminish what you're going through. It isn't to diminish your, your plight in life. It isn't to diminish your arguments or anything. It's to say, we're here for a better purpose, for a better reason. I don't care how old you are listening to this, whether you're a teen, junior high, senior high, college, adult, adult plus, adult plus plus, whatever. He loves us all. And that father, forgive them, was for all of us. For all of us to take up that cross and walk forward like him. Going to the next part. One of the criminals hanging beside him scoffed. So you're the Messiah, are you? Prove it by saving yourself. And us too while you're at it. But the other criminal protested, Don't you fear God even when you have been sentenced to die? We deserve to die for our crimes. But this man hasn't done anything wrong. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus replied, I assure you, today you'll be with me in paradise. Again, this is so amazing because this is his worst moment. Physical pain, emotional pain, everything. Lost because he loved being alive with us. He loved being with the disciples and teaching and loving and healing. And just all of that. And one of the criminals mocks him. He's like, yeah, save us. Come on. The sad thing or the ironic thing, whatever, is he could have. If he had wanted to do it a different way, he could have. He could have gotten off the cross. He could have saved both of those. He could have turned the cross into a dove. He could have done anything. And yet, he died. So that all of us, the people like the criminal, the people like the soldiers, the people like the good criminal, whoever, would have a chance at eternal life. And when the the other guy turns to him and says, don't listen to him. I see you. And I heard what you just said about forgiving people. And I've seen, I've heard your story. I know who you are. And and I messed up my life. But please have mercy on me. Now, you can look at this and be like, well, he didn't say forgive me of my sins. His heart said it. Uh, I do funerals from time to time. And a lot of the times it's someone who has lived a good long life for, for, for the Lord and done their best. And those, you know, they're not happy, but they're easy. Because when you know that someone has given their all, when you know that someone's lived a good life, when you know that someone has followed him, you're like, well, you know, this sucks that they're gone, but they're in heaven. But occasionally, I've had to do funerals for people who did not live that kind of life. And who died in tragic ways, in ways where where drugs were involved, in ways where a lot of bad things were involved. And those things are hard. And you can't stand in front of a funeral and say, well, you know, this is what the Bible says. Sorry, because that's cruel. And so how I look at it and how I try to talk about it is how I believe Jesus saw this criminal here. That seeking forgiveness, actually asking is important. To believe Jesus is God, that's, that's how you get to heaven. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. The only way to heaven is through him. But I believe that we all have this choice to make, even up to our moment of death. Now, that does not mean do whatever you want in life and then hope that you get that choice and that you make the right choice, because 
the more you put it off, the less likely you're going to choose it. Because the more you put it off, the more other things take the place, and then you're just not going to care anymore. But I believe that Jesus sees our hearts. And He hears our hearts. And He can make those final moments stretch out however long. And again, and I, I emphasize this because sometimes we take the wrong things from what people say. This does not mean nothing in life matters. It's not like the NBA where the season doesn't matter and only the playoffs matter. What we do matters. If not for our own salvation, for helping other people see the way to their salvation. For doing His work. And again, and I can't emphasize this enough, the more you reject Jesus, the more you refuse to ask for forgiveness, the less likely you are. Look at the, the Pharaoh. Look at the Pharisees. Look at other people throughout the Bible, throughout history. But I believe when our hearts are aching for Him, He will help us make a way, but it still has to be a choice. And so that's what happened here. I don't know what this criminal was guilty of. And he may not have said the literal words, forgive me. But he showed faith in Jesus. He's like, I know that you're who you say you are. And he just didn't have the right words. Your heart matters more than your knowledge. And Jesus shows that. He believes that. Last part of the scripture. By this time, it was about noon, and darkness fell across the whole land until three o'clock. The light from the sun was gone, and suddenly the curtain in the sanctuary of the temple was torn down the middle. Then Jesus shouted, Father, I entrust my spirit into your hands. And with those words, he breathed his last. When the Roman officer overseeing the execution saw what had happened, he worshipped God and said, Surely this man was innocent. And when all the crowd that came to see the crucifixion saw what had happened, they went home in deep sorrow. I really like that it shows what the Romans, some of the Romans, and what the crowd thought, because the crowd went, the sky went dark, the sun went out, the, the, the ground shook. Uh, in some uh, translations, like the, the, in some Gospels, the, the dead rose. Like all these things happened that very clearly showed that Jesus was telling the truth. And it was God mourning. It was the world mourning. And, and they're like, oh, we messed up. This was a bad thing. And so the soldier, I hope that he took that and was like, oh, I'm so sorry. And I hope that he changed his life. The people who went away crying, I hope that they changed their life. But as much as I like seeing that they finally got it, even though it took a long time, I wonder, I wonder what the Pharisees thought at this moment. Because whether they were there or not, they felt the shake. They saw what happened. They heard it. And I wonder if any of them, and I hope that some of them did, I wonder if any of them were able to say, wow, I was wrong. Saying I was wrong is a very hard thing to do. And I wonder if they did that. But this moment, the one before, where he forgives the criminal, where he forgives other people, when he tells that, that criminal, you'll be with me in paradise, he dies in the next paragraph. He knew that his life was ending, and his very final act was for someone else. And then he said, Father... Let it be done. Let it be finished. It's finished. And then one theological thing, when the cloth in the temple tears down the middle, at the time, the, one of the, the main purposes of the high priest was there would be somebody that would have a rope tied to them and they'd go behind the, the temple to the Holy of Holies and they'd pray for people, like the, your prayers would go to them and then they'd take them to somebody else. That cloth ripping was God saying, it's 
This is the next step. You can have a personal relationship. You don't have to rely on someone else anymore. You go to Jesus. You will have the Spirit. You will have this chance. And it's so important and so powerful. And all of this happened for us. All of this happened from His love. All of this happened because He is love. And the pain He felt in these final days throughout His life. The mocking that people showed Him. The way that He was just beaten almost to death and then killed. And still His heart was for forgiving. His heart was for love. It shows what we're supposed to be. Uh, I got a couple of slides here. This is the, the collage of the four slides of this series. And so if you don't remember, which you know, I'm sure that everybody immediately sees my slides, and you're like, oh, this must have a deeper meaning, or this means that I know that I'm the only one that thinks that. But I'm going to physically point it out right now. Uh, unheard, I'm not doing the right order, but broken trust, unheard, disrespected, rejected. This is what Jesus faced. People didn't listen, even though he loved them. His trust was broken. Now, he continued to trust, but people betrayed him. They didn't care about that. They didn't care who he was. People rejected him. Even though he was the only choice, they rejected him. And then disrespected. Despite the respect, the mercy he showed, they disrespected him. Now, I'm going to go back a series to the love series I did before this. If you remember, I defined love as trust. Respect. Attraction. Communication. Talking to people shows that you love them. It helps you understand how to love them. Trusting them. Building that trust. That's how you build a relationship. Attraction. Not just physical, but just being attracted to the same interests. Being attracted to the same goals. Being attracted to the same way of life. And respect. Showing that respect. Living in that respect. That's what love is. That's what love is. And that is how we love. That is what love means. Terry, can you go back to the other one real quick? In case you didn't get it, what I just showed was what love is. This is the opposite of those. And that was on purpose. Thank you. The opposite of everything that love means happened to Jesus. Jesus told us all of those things is love. And this is how you love. And then we did the opposite to him. Maybe not me and you physically, but sometimes with our actions, with our words, we do. But, but the Pharisees, the Romans, everybody involved did the opposite to him. And yet, and yet, and it's so good that there's an and yet. And yet, even though he did nothing but show the love and the, the respect and the trust to everyone, and we showed the opposite to him, Father, forgive them. Because they don't know what they've done. And he gave us a chance. And he continues to give us a chance. And chance after chance after chance. And the whole point of Easter and crucifixion talking and all of this to me is understanding that chance. And not putting it off. It doesn't mean you're going to be perfect. It doesn't mean you're never going to mess up. It doesn't mean you're never going to, to hurt someone. It doesn't mean you're never going to be hurt. But when you look at the way he lived his life, especially those final few days, and how he was shown the opposite of love at every turn, and yet he showed the power of love at every turn, that's, that's our example. That's our direction. I could stop preaching for forever and just end on this, and I'm not going to. This is the point. 
that while he was being shown the opposite of love by everyone, including the disciples, while he was being shown the opposite of love, he was taking that on. And it did not change him. It did not change his message. It did not change how he treated people. In fact, he, as he hung dying, Father, forgive them. And you will have a place with me in paradise. Make no doubt about it. The fact that he died for our sins is vital. It is our truth. It is why we're Christians. It is what our faith is based on. It's what our life is based on. But that was not the only sacrifice he made. Every step, every moment, every second of his life was a sacrifice for us. So that in that moment, we would have a chance to be different. We would have a chance to be better. This world is hard. And I know that this past year has been different and we're coming up on on at least an attempt to return to normalcy. And hopefully it goes well, we just don't know. And I'm not talking in churches or schools, I'm talking in life. But what's important is, regardless of whether it's a pandemic or not a pandemic, regardless of whether you're at home or at work or at school with your family, regardless of where you are, regardless of how you're treated, and again, don't accept abuse. But regardless of what's going on, be like Him in those moments. And look after other people. Care for other people. It does not mean, forgiving does not mean forgetting. It does not mean that everybody that hurts you is becoming your best friend. It means that you still love them and pray for them. It means that we do our best to do better. It means we move from this moment. And if everything before now was the beginning, this is the end of the beginning. And we go forward like he did on that cross. And we look at other people and we do our best. Do our best to love every single person and to love him and to live in such a way that people see that sacrifice in who we are. And I get that it's hard and I get that it's not fair sometimes and I get that other people may not do it, but because he went through this, we know that he understands. And because he loves us, we know that we are loved. And so, do your best to be like Him in every single way. Through the good, through the bad, through everything. Be an example of His light, of His love, of His sacrifice. And that's all I got.